Clear Lake, Kima, Galveston Bay, an area of Houston synonymous with NASA and aerospace. Also, the go-to destination for those sailing and boating enthusiasts. When it comes to sailing, there's no better place to visit than Windward Sea Venture located in Kima. This is Sea Venture Radio, a weekly radio show dedicated to those who love life on the bay. Welcome to Sea Venture Radio, powered by Windward Sea Venture here from Vinyl Draft Radio. Thank you for joining us. And as always, if you want to come see us on Pier 3 in lovely Waterford Harbor, come on by. Check us out on our website, windwardseaventure.com, or follow us on Facebook or Instagram to keep up what's going on. I'm Daryl. And I'm Kevin Bednar, and we're keeping you up to date with what's going on here in the third largest boating community in the nation, Good Lake, Texas. That's right. And there's a lot. Hey, you didn't screw up. You didn't say uh, the largest. <laughs> Good job. <laughs> Going to be an exciting week this week. Uh, the harvest moon kicking off. Finally cooled down a little bit. I'm hoping that uh, we're going to have some pretty good weather for it yeah there's uh was talking to some people there's a front coming through they're not really sure what the timing that's going to be but that could make for an interesting run for some of the smaller boats make sure you take your wool (laughs) along in case (laughs) it gets cold you never know what it's going to be like this time of year so that's one of the exciting parts about it sailing yeah one way or another you you find yourself at uh, two o'clock in the morning shivering most of the time anyway so well that's one of the things that i'm really looking forward to is i'm getting the opportunity to go on delta tango the uh fontaine peugeot helio 44 catamaran and uh Something tells me it's going to be pretty comfortable no matter what the situation. Yeah, you're, you're probably going to never be any closer than about 10 feet to the water. So. Yeah, uh, I really think you ought to join us on that, Kevin. <laughs> Might have to do that. It is this Thursday. You know, we talked a lot about in the last episode the maintenance and things, and we ran out of time. And one of the things I wanted to hit on just kind of quickly today is uh, steering. Just kind of maybe how your boat's set up. Just take a look at the quadrant. Take a look at your cables. Make sure the tension's good and different things like that because that's something that uh, – Especially at the start when you've got well, maybe almost close to 200 boats out there, uh, things like that, steering going out tend to have a, happen at the wrong times. Yeah, I remember one of the offshore races I did years and years ago. We uh, went and pulled out the uh, emergency tiller and tried to use it, and it didn't fit on top of the uh, rudder <laughs> post, so you couldn't actually use it. So if we'd been out there with it, it wouldn't have done us any good. If, if the steering had gone out, we would just have to pray and call the Coast Guard. Yep. So we had to we had to have the have it milled down so that it actually fit. But um, emergency tillers are something you don't take. I mean, you don't think about much because you don't think you got to worry about it. But it's one of those things you a perfect example, Kevin. Just uh, pull it out, make sure it fits, and yeah. I think if you guys find yourself out there on that big uh, catamaran and you need an emergency tiller, you're going to be in a lot of trouble. Well, <laughs> well I think uh, let's hope you don't have to uh, worry about that. Another thing, just wanted to stress to people is uh, navigation. Um, I know one thing I always stress over because I know, I mean, come in and out of the jetties numerous times myself. Every time it's just, it's a little trickier than you think because those jetties, I mean, if there's any waves at all, you don't really see the jetties necessarily. Yeah, on the way out, it's not, you know, you have to be careful about uh, it gets shoaling up towards the, uh, I guess it's the southern jetty, but um, you have to be careful about that. But on the way back at night, if you end up coming in there at night, it's, it's awfully hard to figure out which marker is which and, and where you're going without some navigation equipment and so forth. And uh, we've had boats go up on the on the jetties on the return trip. So anyway, I just want to make sure you're aware of that. Make sure you've got, even though you got your navigation on your uh, boat, 
chart plot or whatever. Navionics is one that I like to have on my phone, and that's just about all I use, period. Um, but it's a great thing to have just as a backup, and I think it's only like 10 bucks or something. It's an app. Yeah, and when you're, when you're on a larger boat or something like that and you're down below, you can just pull out your phone and know where you're at. You don't have to go move to wherever the chart plotter is physically located. Enough about the serious stuff. Let's have a little bit of fun and talk about some of the fun places to go and things to do in the, in the boating community. For one, the uh, going to watch the start. If you're not doing the race, or if you aren't, have never done the race, or you're thinking about doing the race, for whatever reason, it's a great opportunity to go watch the start. Even if you don't, if like I've said before, if you're a photographer, it's a great photo op. Yeah, um, there is a charge to get out on the pleasure pier. I'm not really sure what that is, but if you want some good pictures, that's probably the best place to be for the start. Yep. You're going to get the closest. Yeah, something we did last year. We didn't do the race last year because it wasn't going to Port Aransas. But one thing we did that ended up being kind of fun is we rode the ferry about two hours before the start. So all the boats that were coming up from uh, Kima were passing by right there where the ferry was on the way to the start. And uh, it was kind of fun to just see the boats and the ferry's free. And if you haven't done that, that's something that in and of itself is kind of just a fun thing to do. Yeah. I'd imagine in October, it's probably not as busy as it is uh, in the high seasons. So yeah, that's what we did. We rode the ferry and uh, watched all the boats go by there. And then we went to uh, one of our favorite spots on the island, the spot, and uh, watched the, uh, watched the rest of the races with the... Yeah. You can probably get a good view from up in the second story of that, can't you? Yeah. I thought about that. You really can. Um, You're a little bit, not right at the start, but a all the boats are going that direction. Yeah, so you'll see them all go by. And, of course, you can have your Bloody Mary or your uh, rum and coke or whatever it is that you need to celebrate the uh, harvest moon. Adult beverage of choice. Uh, if you haven't been to the spot, it is a fun place. And a lot of different venues within one venue. Yeah, it's kind of an odd thing. You can wander around between different kind of different bars and so forth all right there. Yeah. Great burgers, good food all the way around. They got a great shrimp cocktail. It's, uh, and if you go at happy hour, it's really a pretty good deal. But there's a lot of things to do in Galveston. That's one of the, I'd like to do a whole show on this and uh, maybe we'll see if we can uh, get somebody from Galveston to talk to us. But there's over, I think, 20,000 boats in the Clear Lake area. And a lot of them, one of the big complaints about this area is there's not many destinations. Well, Galveston's a great destination. There's just not that much of accommodating to pleasure boaters. Yeah, you can pull in at the uh, Yacht Basin or the Harbor House, or you can go all the way up to Offutt's Bayou. That's kind of a long haul. It, it is a long haul. And uh, once once you're up there, you'd probably have to rent a, a car or get an Uber or something. There's not yeah. a whole lot around. And there's a lot of space. In the, I mean, I know it's a pretty industrial port uh, with the grain elevator there and the, the rigs that are in the uh, basin there. I mean, with so many boats looking for a place to go, it really seems like uh, the Harbor House, I think, only has about five slips, and it's kind of limited on the size of what boats you can get in there. Yeah, usually they've almost always got openings there at uh, the Yacht Basin, but again, that's usually a little bit of a walk to get anywhere from the Yacht Basin. Yeah. I think the Strand is about about a mile, something like that, maybe a little longer. Maybe a little longer. It's not necessarily the best part. It's not a a good walk either. (laughs) Yeah. So if you're uh, if you're down there with your kids or something like that, they're not going to be happy wandering around a industrial port area. Yeah, but you can get an Uber and be happy. It is a great place to go. A lot of great restaurants in the uh, area of the island. One of my favorite is a Black Pearl. I, I remember that place opened up when I was working down at Galveston, and uh, it made a big impression the first time I ate there. It's really yeah, good. It really is good. Uh, I always get the uh, oyster po' boy or the Black Pearl po' boy or whatever it is, but it's going to get the par- barbecued oysters in there. Uh, that's my favorite. But everything we have, we've tried to 
like everywhere I go, I get in the bad habit of I go to this restaurant for this and I don't end up trying other things. And, um, but we've kind of tried to make a point to try just about everything on the menu there. And, uh, everything we've had has been really good. We used to have lunch there even from work and so forth. The pricing's not bad at all. So when you were working down there, what was a place that you uh, liked or was one of the more frequented places when you were working in Galveston? When we really wanted to go to a nice place, what's the name of that one? It's kind of a Mexican restaurant or something like that. It's There's the original Mexican. It's very popular down there. That may be the one. It's down right near the Bank of America building somewhere. Isn't it funny how, like, we, you guys are, you guys, first of all, you guys are on boats and stuff. You should be catching your lunch and grilling it yourself. <laughs> but, but we're talking about, and like, you're, oh, probably they're going to, you know, seafood, Mexican food always comes up. Yeah. You know, yeah. Where Mexican food always comes up. Of yeah. course. Of course. <laughs> I mean, you talk about catching things on the boat. Well, I definitely consider myself a fisherman. I'm not a catcher. I've never been really good at that. <laughs> I, I, I just read that the, the actually catch and release, it was a story, I figured where it was, uh, but they said actually it's it's worse for the fish because of the what you do with the hooks in their mouths and they kind of like die a slow death, like it's cruel. Yeah, especially when you're offshore on the snapper, that's a huge factor on that as well. It's not surprising you catch one and you go to release and of course like you said it's kind of damaged and you'll watch a dolphin come up and eat it or <laughs> but yeah, uh, yeah, you're right. Maybe we shouldn't be talking about these restaurants. Maybe we need to be honing in on our uh Fishing skills. I, I remember when you brought those old fishing lures on board the boat. We threw them overboard, and eventually they just disappeared yeah, behind the boat. That, that was all old stuff that I had in the garage, and I pulled out, and I said, well, we're going. I'm going to pull the, drag this along, and the old line and everything, it just didn't survive. Didn't survive. But it is fun. I, I have caught some things like that. Uh, don't tr generally think of uh, fishing on a sailboat, and you're really, other than trolling, it's not really an option. Yeah, no, I've, I've heard a bunch of stories from people, especially when they're doing, uh, taking a boat to, like to Key West Race Week or something like that, that on the way they'll they'll slow down a little bit to the right speed and put a line over the side and end up eating fresh tuna or yes. whatever they happen to catch. And uh, I've never actually been on board a boat where I got my uh, the, uh, seafood fix that way. Well, the, the Delta Tango that's in our charter fleet, the people that uh, brought it, the previous owners that brought it up from the Caribbean to transfer the ownership, they caught a big dorado or dolphin fish dolphin not mammal dolphin and uh, they were cleaning out their fridge when they were cleaning off the boat and they gave us a bunch of it and it was just fabulous yeah i'd imagine it's yes. hard to get fresher fish than that yeah yeah it was great so that being said uh, those of you doing the harvest moon the trip back is a great opportunity to uh, especially if you go offshore uh, everybody everybody kind of goes a different route has a different itinerary some people get off work long enough to where they can just make it a trip coming back uh, on that trip back uh, if you go the intercoastal waterway one of the things there's a lot of great places to stop a lot of little fishing villages things like that but uh there's some shallow areas so again back on navigation uh, uh that's a great something to keep a track of because you don't want to run aground when a barge is coming down yeah i typically typically go down there on a on a racing boat with a deep enough keel that it's kind of a pain in the neck to go, come back on the intercoastal waterway because you have to be so careful yeah you don't want to run aground with a really deep keel but um i've heard some great stories about people you know spending the night on boats down there of course i've heard, I've heard a few horror stories too <laughs> but um you know they usually what people will do is kind of caravan and you'll have two or three or four boats raft up 
at night and things like that. They'll party the whole way back. Yeah, I'm sure the uh, the actual commercial traffic isn't real happy to see five or ten sailboats clustered together coming at them every ten minutes. Yeah, uh, sometimes some interesting conversations over the radio whenever you're coming back from the Harvest Moon and all those sailboats are in the intercoastal waterway and some of the towboat captains are kind of wondering what's going on. What are all these sailboats doing in here? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, and then you, you hear them calling, uh, take it on the one or take it on the two or something yeah. like that. And the sailboat captain's like, you mean the left? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's about it. Yeah, that's all. A lot of those t- uh, towboat captains remind me of Boomhauer from King of the Hill because they're <laughs> all Cajun and you can hardly understand what they're saying. Bang on. <laughs> yeah. I tell you what, you do you just take them dang spark plugs out in that little hole, you just put a little hole around there, just like Bobby Hunter said, it's docked to go boom, boom, just like that. Sea Venture Radio is powered by Windward Sea Venture Sailboat Charter Company, an ASA certified sailing school, providing sailboat chartering and sailing lessons on Clear Lake for over 20 years. I've been calling y'all people better than a month now. Grab back y'all every time that dang old dog crossed the start yapping his jaw 24 hours a day and nobody answered. You call. call 281-467-2279 or go to windwardseaventure.com. Windward Sea Venture, located on Pier 3 in Waterford Harbor, Kima, Texas. We'll be right back. Uh, so you're here with Daryl and Kevin, and uh, this, we're talking a little bit about just kind of the fun stuff, fun hangouts, and uh, things to do around the bay. One of the things we never uh, we we should talk about sometimes are the yacht clubs that are down here, because people don't really understand what a yacht club is all about. And basically, what a yacht club is all about is it's a marina first of all, so it's the place you keep your boat. And a lot of times you you sign up for a yacht club and it costs a small fortune to sign up, but at the end of the day, your slip fee is probably lower than it would be elsewhere. And you've got access to diesel and things like that right there in one place. And that's why people join yacht clubs. And then of course, it's all the uh, social fabric there. You're meeting the people, you get to know the people. If you're, if you're into racing, you get to be, know the people to know the racing. If you're into fishing, you'll know the people that fish from that yacht club, et cetera. And it's a community deal. Yeah, that is a great point. And uh, it is just the camaraderie and networking uh, is a great opportunity. But what I think is cool about it is the reciprocity. So you can be a member of a yacht club here. But if you're up on the East Coast and they recognize one another, you can pull into that yacht club. And I think Waterford Yacht Club said they have reciprocity, too. I'm not sure. They do. Uh, I'm actually in the process of uh, getting signed up for that one, so I'll be learning a little bit more about it. I'll have to get to know those people better. I really don't know much of anything about Waterford Yacht Club except the people we met right. for that show. But, yeah, the, I mean, in Waterford, I mean, staying on the yacht club side is, uh, of course, one of our preferred places is Sundance Grill. That's a really nice venue there. It is really nice. When we do our dinner cruises, they, they, we work very closely with them, and they do accommodate us very well. It's kind of neat. Or leave the dock at the Waterford, I mean, at Windward in Waterford, and uh, drive around with the customers and then pull up to the restaurant, and they come out. The waiter comes out with the tray of food and brings it to the boat. And yeah, so the, the way that works is uh, somebody charters the, the dinner cruise with you, and is, what is it, three hours? Is yes. that? Yeah, that's a three-hour trip with so the it's captain. A, it's a, so it's up to four people. So if it was just a couple celebrating an anniversary, we've done quite a few. Actually, we did last week a uh, proposal. I'll get into that maybe more here in a little bit. But they'll get on the boat at Waterford in Pier 3. We have a captain and a host. So they get on the boat, and the host basically helps the captain drive the boat a little bit, but also 
brings drinks to the customers, takes the dirty dishes away. So we put around to, uh, as soon as they leave the dock, I call uh, Paula over at Sundance and say, hey, they're on their way. So they start cooking it. So we try to time it about the time that we pull up to the dock. Uh, Somebody we, meets you there with the food and comes down and hands it off. and They put it on the boat. Do most of you, do they usually stay on Clear Lake, or do you go out into the bay, or is it kind of six of one, half a dozen? Well, it kind of depends on the weather. The plan or the intent is to kind of leave Sundance, Waterford Harbor, and slowly put out through the lake and give them time to eat. So hopefully they're done eating by the time they get to around the boardwalk, and that's when the host takes their dirty dishes down and stows them down below safely so they don't slide all over the place, and then go out and sail for an hour or so, and then come back, and that's it. So if, if if they want uh, if they want to have alcoholic beverages, they have to bring their own, right? They do. You we guys can't provide. Right. We don't have a liquor license, so we we provide Coke, Diet Coke, and water is our standard non alcoholic drinks and ice. It looks like it's pretty popular. You guys get a. <laughs> it's been very popular because I remember when you started that. I thought well, I don't know how many people are going to want to do this, and now it's just uh, one of your bigger things, isn't it? Initially, I was saying with you, I was like, people aren't going to want to spend this much. But we've got another one of our regular customers that's come down, and he said, well, you know, we went out to the steakhouse the other day and spent $200 or $300 by the time they got a couple of bottles of wine and things like that. And he said, and we just went to a restaurant and ate. He said, you're basically getting the same opportunity here, and it's not that much more. And that Sundance food is good. It is. Yeah, I can I can see why that would be, especially for a proposal or some special yeah. occasion like that. Yeah, we had a uh, great proposal uh, last week. Actually, met him at Jackie's Brick House, which is one of my uh, regular hangouts now at lunchtime because it seems like every day of the week they got a different special. But uh, they called, and I was at Jackie's at lunch, and I said, "Well, I literally just ordered my food. Uh, I'll be back to the office as soon as I can." And they're like, "Well, well we're going to go grab a bite to eat too." meet you there in an hour or whatever it was so i was sitting there at the uh and sam the bartender there who i've gotten to know pretty well she said are you doing a proposal <laughs> and i was like oh am i supposed to <laughs> was, did i forget something today <laughs> and i was like well i'm supposed to this saturday and she said well i think that's the people over there because the uh, waitress that's serving them said that uh they're here waiting for some guy to uh, do a proposal so anyway, I finished eating and walked over there, and I said, are y'all the ones here for the proposal? So they ended up at Jackie's, too, just by coincidence. So they came and checked out the boat and put some decorations up and uh, got it all set up. It was the guy that was proposing and then the mother-in-law, future mother-in-law. So they had it all set up, but it turned out to be absolutely fabulous. Well, I can imagine setting it all up like that and everything. Yeah. You was, know, you mentioned that uh, – um, the, the cost of wine and so forth at a restaurant. And it hadn't really occurred to me. If you, you know, go into uh, Specs or something and buy a few really good bottles of wine, it's going to be a lot cheaper than going to a restaurant and trying to buy oh, a few yeah. bottles of wine. So probably yeah. do save a lot of the difference there on your charters. You really do. So anyway, yeah, there's a lot of great places to go. I mean, the Sundance is one of the great places, and there's a lot of fun things to do on the lake. And kind of back to the first segment, one of the things a lot of people – want is a destination and somewhere to go right sundance has slips so if you want to go and uh, say you're like we talked if you're lakewood yacht club but you want to go over to waterford for the dinner i mean there's a slip there in waterford for sundance so you can pull in there by boat and uh, have dinner what is so if somebody wants to come into waterford what is the what would you say is sort of the maximum depth to feel secure coming in there but six i mean if the water's up i think you can get in with seven but if it's down at all, I wouldn't try okay. it. Now, the marina itself is 
got just been dredged. So it, the marina itself, I think, is okay. The channel getting in, that's the biggest concern. The government channel there isn't maintained at, you know, anything more than about six, you think? Probably. Again, right. I think if the water's up, you could get seven. But uh, but that's actually a private channel. That's the Watergate channel. Oh, okay. So one thing that uh, I would like to see happen, I don't think it'll ever happen, but if Clear Lake Shores and uh, Watergate and Waterford all went in together, because that would benefit all three of those entities to... Get that dredged out. Is Waterford Harbor actually, in, is it in Kima or is it in, uh, which city is it it's in? It's League City. Admiralty Way is the boundary between. So Waterford's in League City. Watergate is in Kima, I think, isn't it? Or is it in, in uh, it's Clear Lake Shores? Shores? I'm pretty sure. Okay, that's right. It's Clear Lake Shores. So you, you're going to have that governmental issue going on between the different channels, I would guess, if, if you're trying to get the governments involved, the city governments. Well. Yeah, I don't know if League City really has much concern over it, but Clear Lake Shores has a lot of residents in that yeah. backside that uh, would be a factor there. Yeah. Other places I know you can get to by water, at least for now, is still Outriggers is every day is their last day. Yeah. Uh, that's a fun place, and that's going to be a place that a lot of people are going to miss. Uh, yeah. It's uh, always busy on the weekends, yeah. always packed with people on the weekends. So I, I don't know where they're going to go. I guess there's that new restaurant in Seabrook, the building's sitting there, but it has, you know, hasn't made, I, I don't think there's any plans to open it. Oh, yeah, the Seabrook shipyard. Right. I noticed they put in a big, it looks almost like they were going to put in a, a brewery or something because they put in a big silo I looking thing sitting there. And I have no idea. Doesn't it kind of look like the things they put up next to a, a br- microbrewery or whatever? Yeah, it does. I guess that Seabrook's just wanting to lease that property, and I don't know if they found anybody to put anything in there yet or not. Yeah, there's been a couple of times the rumor mill lit up with a story of what restaurant was going to go in there, and then nothing. Well, so that's the bay turns. Yeah, that's the bay turns. <laughs> Moving on around the lake that direction, uh, the barge 295. Right. I always forget the number. But there in Cabo and even probably the biggest hangout for sailors on the lake, Classic Cafe. Yeah. All those are great places that accessible from the water. Yeah, I think if if you want to if you want to meet the local yacht racing community, uh, uh, probably instead of going to a yacht club or anything like that, just go to the bar in the Classic Cafe, and there will be somebody there almost anytime. <laughs> almost anytime. <laughs> yeah. Well, for one, we're on the south side of the lake, so I just don't. If I don't have to, I don't go over the bridge. Um, but the the food is really excellent there. It is. It and, is, and I'm uh, one of those weird people that likes liver and onions, and you can't get it that many places. But Classic actually has it. They do have a good liver and onions. I've had it there before too. So let's see. Moving on around there, Sam's boat. I've actually never been to Sam's boat. For one, uh, when we go out to different places on the water, of course we're all in the uh, Wayward Pub, and the way it's designed with the bar tops, I'm kind of selective on what slips we can go to so our bar tops don't beat on the dock i want to bang up that wood Uh, yeah i have to get antonio involved and he's busy right now i've told too many people about antonio and now i can't get him myself (laughs) but it is good to go into boondoggles speaking of bars along the boondoggles i don't know i'm reluctant to talk too much about it because that's one of my favorite spots and i don't want to get it too crowded but uh, boondoggles is a great destination great slips and it's just kind of fun to go tootle around up in taylor lake afterwards uh, just to look at all the see how the other half lives yeah that's a that's a really nice spot and i I like taylor lake too because it's also kind of protected and it's usually uh fairly placid place to motor around there's not a whole lot of wave action unless you've got the powerboat guy shooting up and down right supposedly taylor lake is named after taylor which was one of jean lafitte's crew 
uh, when he was pirating and he was trying to get out of it and went and kind of hid up in there in Taylor Lake and I guess claimed or I don't know if he bought or just pirated a significant uh, piece of land up there and he lived up in there and I guess until he died. But supposedly that's where the name of Taylor Lake came from. Now we're getting the rumor mill going and people are going to be looking for pots of gold and all the rest of that. Yeah. Got to be some pirate gold somewhere up there, right? Well, there's a book called Treasures of Galveston Bay, which is where I've read that. And it's it's a neat book. It talks a lot about the different treasures. And we might actually have to do an episode on that book and talk about some of the different things. Everything from where they never supposedly never found Santa Anna's gold stash after the Battle of San Jacinto and people, it's probably under the Exxon plant. <laughs> Exxon probably did find it. Didn't <laughs> yeah, tell anybody. That's pretty probably. Sea Venture Radio is powered by Windward Sea Venture Sailboat Charter Company, an ASA certified sailing school, providing sailboat chartering and sailing lessons on Clear Lake for over 20 years. Call 281-467-2279 or go to windwardseaventure.com You're listening to Daryl and Kevin talking about some of the places around the lake and things to do. So what do you think? What's one of your favorite restaurants in the area? It doesn't even have to be on the lake. You know, I like Hoagie Ranch a lot. Hoagie Uh, Ranch is hard to beat. It's a a little bit different uh, Hoagie from what you're going to get anywhere else in a good way. Uh, It is. And it's almost like going into a museum. Yeah, they've got all the old uh, toys and uh, lunch boxes. Various stuff. One of uh, my favorite I don't know, quotes or whatever you want to call it that's on their wall. Is that they've got this the Japanese flag that I think was from World War II, and it's got a little sticker on it that says, We buy World War One, World War Two, and possibly World War Three memorabilia. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, well, that's one way to put it. Yeah, I agree with you on Hoagie Ranch. It's hard to beat. Uh, I, when Neptune used to come around, it was funny. I always had, and like I already said, I'd go to certain places for certain things, and uh, I'd go to Neptune and get the hot roast beef, mm-hmm. and then I'd go to Hoagie Ranch and get the ham sandwich, basically. I don't even, the honey ham, I think they call it. Yeah, Neptune subs is definitely being missed yeah. at this point. They used to always show up at, uh, you could order the, the subs, and they'd show up before the yacht races in the morning and deliver your subs and so forth. Yeah. It was awesome. They aren't reopening, is that my understanding? Not that I've heard. Yeah, I've, that's what I've heard as well. That's a bummer. Another place that, uh, for some reason, I guess mainly because they're always so crowded, but T-Bone Tom's is a well-rounded place. Great food and just a fun place to go. Yeah, it's Uh, an excellent venue for listening to music nowadays, and uh, the food is always uh, top-notch. Yeah, they've been acknowledged by a lot of the, I know the, I don't remember who that guy was on TV, but I think he came to T-Bone Tom's. uh, Is it Guy Fieri? Is that the one you're talking about? Maybe, I don't even know if I remember. The guy with the blonde hair. Bourdain? Anthony Bourdain. I don't don't even think I'd know if I heard it. Tukey's has definitely taken off, and it's been a Seabrook. I guess now Kima 2 tradition for years. Yeah, what was it after? I guess it was Ike came through, and it was closed for a while. Yeah. And then I think uh, uh, someone else bought it. I think I, the guy who owns T-Bone Tom's might have bought it. I'm not I sure. Think you're right, actually. Something like that. Brought right. it back just like it always had been. And, uh, and then, of course, now, finally, after all these years, the government came in and said, no, we're going to buy that land and build a bridge over it. So they've moved to the other side. Oh, of, is that uh, why they moved? I didn't realize that's why they moved. Yeah. The, okay. It's part of the whole bridge project. So they moved to what used to be the Ichiban yep. over there by Kima Boardwalk Marina. Yep. And uh, that's an excellent place to get a burger. What's the one that they have one that's got like uh, brisket in it and they've got one that I think has bacon in it or something yeah. like that. And, you know, it's reasonably priced, too. 
Yeah. Uh, that's the part I like about it as well. I mean, it is good, though. Um, and they've got the seafood place now, too. We went there once, and it was good. Yeah, the Tukey Seafood is, is very good. I've been mm-hmm. there a couple or three times, and I've always been really pleased with what I got. You can get the you know traditional fried shrimp, fried this, fried that stuff that you'd expect from that kind of place, and you can get some really you know sort of high end style broiled and uh, whatever your choices are, blackened. Yeah, I really wish there was somewhere to. I mean, I know they've got the bulkhead that's right there behind the aquarium that you can dock at, but I wish there was somewhere in that Kima Harbor Marina or Boardwalk Marina, whatever it's called now, that. Uh, you could go and dock and go to some of the places in Kima. Uh, I know Scallywags is a place I like a lot. I, their egg rolls are what I like. Like I said, every place is something to eat that why I go there. Um, the uh, Stute Garden, their pulled pork nachos are mm-hmm. top notch. We'd go there for that. And basically any place that I think is going to have backfish <laughs> beer, um, I'm going to go try. Backfish is your go-to beer. Backfish is my go-to beer. It's my hometown of Pearland, and a couple of really good buddies of mine got that going, and uh, I'm a supporter. It's good to have your own hometown beer. It is. I like, well, it's kind of like you, Shiner. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Shiner beer. Both of my parents are from Shiner. Some other places that we go, uh, if you venture out a little further, uh, getting into uh, sunny San Leon and Bay Cliff, great places to eat over there. Yeah, I've been to I've been to Noah's a bunch of times. That's a, a nice venue and totally reasonably priced. And uh, we actually last Thursday or the other day, whenever it was, whenever things started cooling down, we went and anchored out just because it was so nice off of uh, Bay Cliff there, off of where Noah's is. Um, and if you've got a dinghy, it's, they've got a little dock out there. And I don't know why more people don't go out there and anchor out. I mean, no, it's, I guess it kind of seems silly when you can drive over there in 10 minutes and not have to take the boat and dinghy and everything. Yeah, I would guess I would guess that, you you know, it's it's bounty really shallow by the time you get up in there. So it's definitely going to be a dinghy or something. I don't even yeah. think I'd take the Wayward Pub up there. Yeah. Well, <laughs> funny you mentioned that there was actually a... Of course, this is Bay Cliff in San Leon. The ramp right there, I was dr- drive by there every morning on the way to work and on the way home, for that matter. Uh, and uh, there was a boat, probably about an 18 foot, looked like an old Glastron tri hull that was flipped upside down right there at the uh, boat ramp all by itself. <laughs> it was there for a few days and then it disappeared. So I don't know what happened there. Somebody got a phone call from the state explaining that they owned that boat and that they were <laughs> responsible for that boat. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, what else is there over there? I know there's a Topwater Grill. You can get in there with a fairly, yeah, you, you know, can, you can reasonable get, draft. Certainly wouldn't want to try, take a sailboat in there. Yeah, you wouldn't get away with a sailboat, but you could easily get like a four-foot draft in there. And that's a great place to eat. That's one of my favorites. Yeah, it's really nice, really nice restaurant. Yeah, great view. It's of it's on April Fool's Point over there in San Leon. If you're not familiar with that, great place to eat. You can get there by boat. Now, if you're going in there by boat, will you just go around inside a redfish? Is that the... You need to be careful. It's really shallow yeah. in there, I know. I've never, never they, put a sailboat through there. They but, used uh, to call that area Todd's Dump, and I'm not sure who Todd was, but uh, he must have dumped a bunch of stuff out there because... <laughs> Uh, even in a smaller fishing boat type thing, you've got to be careful in navigating out in that area. Depth. And then there's there's a, a, a fish camp there. Yeah. Is there anything to eat near that fish camp? Can you pull in there or anything? I don't know anything about that spot. I don't know. Maybe Eagle Point. There's one on camps. San Leon that I'm thinking of. There's a few different fish camps there. There's uh, places to get oysters, um, places uh, kind of going back the other direction. Uh, 
right there before you go over the Dickinson Bayou Bridge is a great place to get shrimp. So that's Hillman's, and uh, Hillman's has been around my whole life. Yeah, they've even got a boat yard over there. Yeah, they've got a boat yard. That's where I recommend to go get shrimp and crawfish and crab or whatever. And uh, they used to be a restaurant. Before Hurricane Alicia, there was a restaurant there, and it was really good. But after Alicia, they didn't rebuild the restaurant. And I think the uh, grandma and grandpa passed away, and I don't know if the rest of them could cook as good. <laughs> but the, <laughs> talking about food and cooking, they have the best coleslaw, hands down. And they still sell the coleslaw in the fish market there. So you can go in there and get, get some fish to cook and some coleslaw to eat along with it. Yeah, yeah, and you're not going to beat that coleslaw. I'll put it up against anybody. One that's not accessible by water but I think uh, is super popular, uh, evidently nationwide, <laughs> is uh, Gilhooly's. Gilhooly's used to be where Noah's is. Kind of like you were saying, just the venue of Noah's I like a lot. To be able to sit there and look out on the bay and see what's going on, especially walk get out there and watch the charter boats and see who's – Doing what? <laughs> watch, watch the sails flap. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But uh, Gilhooly's is pretty popular for their oysters. I, it used to be cash only. I don't think it is anymore, but they have the they have the sign that says no kids or pets allowed. Yeah, that's right. There's a, what it's 18 and over or something. They don't, they yeah. don't maybe 16. I, 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 there's a video online, too, on YouTube of uh, some people eating it at Gilhooly. So, uh, well, I think you'd want to be careful taking your kids into San Leon, period. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, Gilhooly's for sure. You might not want to go in there. San Leon's great because it, it, it's one of the last places along the water that still has that kind of the, the seedy reputation that you should have if you're along the water. Yeah. You know, it's like the other everything else has been bought out and turned into million dollar homes and, yeah. and million dollar restaurants. And uh, San Leon still has... Uh, pretty large expanse of uh, pasture and we actually live out there as uh, some of you know and uh, we love it or i love it and i think laurie likes it she does miss bayou vista and i do too that's a fabulous community itself but i just kind of like what you're saying is uh, i almost feel like i'm out in the country a little bit and it's not too many places around here that you can still kind of have that feel of yeah yeah you don't have uh you know, you, you also don't have the the other problem you have down here is little municipalities all next to each other with, you know, they're all trying to make their revenue off of their police officers and yeah. things like that. You just don't have that stuff going on on San Leon. Nope. So. <laughs> 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 it's just, uh, yeah, I tell you, if you're ever bored on a uh, Friday night, go down to the Dollar General in San Leon. <laughs> it's quite entertaining. It's your pe- people watching <laughs> venue. Yes, it is. I know, uh, I've, I know I've heard some stories I couldn't possibly repeat you know, <laughs> at the moment. Uh, Getting back to uh, places you can go and kind of closer to home. And like I said, we've almost forgot about it and left it off. But that whole little shopping center that has the Center Court Pizza, the Rue House, and uh, what's San Lorenzo's. San Lorenzo's, I think, is still in that one. And there's the pub, is Scotty's it? Pub. Scotty's Pub, that's right. Um, you can actually access that by water. We went out uh, exploring on the Wayward Pub the other day. And if you go in there right just, I guess that's east of Marina del Sol, uh, there's a channel that goes up into uh, that to access that. And I think, I know there's a couple of slips there that I think you can. With, uh, the, with little little bitty sailboats in them. So yeah. it has to have some depth up in there. Yeah, I mean, yeah. You, well, one thing is there's a power line that you have to we were looking at that and we we're going under we were like how do these sailboats get in here because there's power lines so it's not necessarily the under the water but above the water too on sailboats don't forget about <laughs> maybe those sailboats have been there since before the power line went in <laughs> some of them look like it 
But uh, that Rue House is a place we kind of feel like we're groupies. They used to have the Lizard Cantina in Bayou Vista when we lived in Bayou Vista. And we went there and ate and actually had them cater some events and uh, love the shrimp burgers they had there. And then uh, they left and shut down, and uh, we actually moved, and uh, they ended up in San Leon. <laughs> and so they were right around the corner from us when we were living in San Leon, and then that place shut down based for other reasons, not because the restaurant's purposes, but the, just the building itself, and they moved over here. Now they call it the Rue House over here on uh, Marina Bay Drive or 2094 but it's a it's a good place to is eat. Is that in the same shopping center as the Center Court Pizza? Yeah, it's almost right next door to a Center Court Pizza. Oh, okay. And there's a new sushi place in there, I noticed, too, but I hadn't tried that one. But that's accessible by water. Yeah, that, that whole shopping center has turned into kind of restaurant row, hasn't it? Yeah. All right. Well, that's going to do it for this episode of Sea Venture Radio, powered by Windward Sea Venture on Vinyl Draft Radio. Uh, we appreciate you listening. And as always, you can get a hold of us at 281-467-2279 at Windward Sea Venture. Uh, follow us on Facebook or Instagram or uh, just see what we've got going on our website. Also encourage you to sign up for our uh, newsletter that we send out every month. It's on the, uh, you can do that on our website as well. But as always, get out there on the water and feel the heel. Sea Venture Radio, a weekly radio show dedicated to those who love life on the bay. Sea Venture Radio, Tuesday afternoons at 2, powered by Windward Sea Venture in Kima, exclusively on Vinyl Draft Radio.